Hey everybody, welcome to the Anthony and Todd Show. We are a weekly podcast that critiques and memes music. I'm your host, Trevor, aka Homeboy Sandman. Bring me a dream. And I'm joined by my ever-attentive co-host, my best friend, my pal, my amigo, my droog, Vincent. AKA Jesus is Jerry the King Lawler. <laughs> this is episode 114 of the Anthony and Todd Show. A very special episode we would like to call Chris Farron's Born Thought. <laughs> I like thought jokes. They're good. <laughs> Quality. And uh, today we're finally going to make it around to uh, discussing uh, Kanye West's latest record, Jesus is King, along with the accompanying film that went with it, because we actually spent money on that. Yeah, because we're actually we sucker. saw it in the IMAX. Yeah, and all the trailers <laughs> scared us. It was, it was a were... jarring experience. <laughs> That's the first time I think I've ever been in like a non-Air Force Museum Air Ma- <laughs> uh, IMAX. That's a very Ohio thing to yeah, say. Yeah, um, but it scared the shit out of me. <laughs> it's something. Uh, this week we're also going to be talking about the latest Earl Sweatshirt surprise record. Feet of Clay, EP project, I don't know, whatever. Feet of Clay. Caroline Polachek's Pang, Homeboy Sandman's (coughs) Dusty, (laughs) that shit dusty, (laughs) and Chris Farron's Born Hot. A.K.A. Born Born Thought. thought. Uh, Before we start, if you want to follow the Anthony and Todd show on social media, you can find us at Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Anthony and Todd. You can find us at YouTube.com forward slash the Anthony and Todd show. You can find us at Patreon if you want to support us monetarily so I can buy a jet ski. Did you know, uh, me and Jonathan were talking about this the other day, I was listening to Denzel Curry's speedboat, and I was thinking a speedboat's just a long jet ski. More like a wide. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> you two are the same. <laughs> no, <laughs> a long jet ski is a is a banana boat. <laughs> banana boats don't motors, do they? I don't think they do. I don't. It's think like a long. It's a, it's a motor banana boat. <laughs> but then, like a wide jet ski is a speedboat because you can put more people in it. <laughs> and you can find us on. Uh, uh, podcast services, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, Spotify by searching The Anthony and Todd Show and you can get the best of both words, both Is It a Film and The Anthony and Todd Show film and music reviews. Without further ado, did you know uh, Jesus is King? I knew you were going to say that. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. He's the king of pop. Yes, okay, that's better. <laughs> Jesus is the king of pop. Him, Michael Jackson. Same, same tier. <laughs> <laughs> Today we're going to be talking about the latest Kanye West record, Jesus is King. Uh, Kanye West, obviously Chicago MC and producer. Um, if you don't know about him, I'm sure you've been living under a rock for the past two decades. Yeah, yeah. give or take. Uh, first half of his career with classic records like College Dropout, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, Late Registration, Graduation. Uh, really classic records there. Uh 808s and Heartbreak. Oh, yeah, that's what I forgot to put. Can't forget another another fantastic record. Honestly, this guy's track record um, has been pretty good. Um, His second act of his career, just kind of according to us, uh, started the release with uh, The Life of Pablo, showing Kanye being like more manic and honest and experimental with both the release and the hype of the album and the content of the album itself. There was a really long release cycle for it. It changed names like three or four times. It was announced on Twitter. I think he fought... Uh, oh, who was it? Who he Chris like Brown? A, no, no, it was like a oh Wiz Khalifa. Yeah, it was Wiz Khalifa. It was like a thirty-one point argument about why Wiz Khalifa sucked. <laughs> I forgot about that nostalgia. That's funny. it was a really good time. I had a good twenty sixteen because of that. Um, he followed this up in twenty eighteen with um, a lot of very open Donald Trump support and saying slavery was a choice. 
uh, which is obviously very controversial and very bullshit, and abrasive. Um, also, um, as far as his artistry went outside of his weird uh, public rants, um, he decided that he was going to release five albums in five weeks that were all done at his uh, Jackson Hole, Wyoming ranch. Um, each was about 20 minutes and some change. He produced Pusha T's Daytona, released his own uh, Yay, then did a collaboration with um, Kid Cudi with Kid C Ghost. Yeah, the rock hip-hop collaboration. Probably the best out of these five albums. It was really, it was really weird, but it was really awesome. Uh, then he produced the not-so-awesome <laughs> Nas's Nasir. Which isn't isn't his fault. It's no. more just Nas's. Yeah, that's I mean, the production was all right, but the Nas is bad. <laughs> the Nas was bad, and then Tayana Taylor's um, KTSE. Yeah, some very solid R and B. Yeah, so these were uh, like I said, this guy's track record was was pretty good. And in late 2018, he announced the sequel to Yeezus, Yandi, uh, which was going to debut on September 29th of 2018, and obviously that did not happen. He dropped uh, Ecstasy and I Love It. And a little pump, <laughs> which uh, they performed on SNL, and they wore these like big stupid costumes. And the music video, they looked like Roblox characters. Yeah. Like we've discussed this, and then uh, of course the album was delayed inevitably. But then uh, some tracks from the album started to leak around like June, July of this year. She so had tracks like Alien with Aunt Clemens, Hurricane, and Eighty Degrees, uh, Last Name featuring Aunt Clemens again. He really likes him. Uh, simulation baptized with ASAP Rocky and Partisan Fontaine. Law of Attraction with again Aunt Clemens. Uh, the Storm with XXX Tentacion and which is, High Dollar Sign. Which I'm glad this didn't release because X's verse is complete fucking trash. That is one of the worst verses I've heard in a long while. Yeah, it's just comically bad, just like terrible. Yes, <laughs> I can't emphasize that enough. I think it's almost worth like a listen just to hear how how it's truly bad. <laughs> I can't emphasize how it's like if Trippy Red was just like completely manic and doing his uh, big ugly clown shtick. <laughs> <laughs> A <laughs> um, couple other tracks. We got Love with Ty Dolla Sign and New Body with Nicki Minaj and Ty Dolla Sign again. Um, so obviously we're seeing a lot of the same like features on here and a lot of people's features got cut. There's uh, a couple with added features. There's like a, um alien version with Young Thug in it. Yeah, I think. and Kid Cudi. So like it's there's just various versions of different tracks. There's a version 80 Degrees with Anna Clements. Recommended tracks, I think uh, 80 Degrees, oh, just the original version, um, even though it's called Hurricane. The version with Kanye with his very auto-tuned, high, frail vocals, very fun, very minimal. I like fun it. track. Last Name, I think, is a good one. Last Name's pretty good. Uh, we Got Love with actually Tiana Taylor, but Tyler Eller slides on the notes by accident, which he did perform on SNL. Right. Um, and also New Body, which is going to be on this for a long while, which I'm surprised it was even questioned to be put on a gospel album because it's just about Kim Kardashian's surgeries <laughs> i like alien as well but it's kind of stupid aliens just kanye mumbling it's, and it's like not dumb, even getting it's full catchy. phrases out it's funny uh new body also has Nicki minaj's best verse and they when that track leaked people just kept on hounding her for some reason even though like that's one of her best verses even though it didn't get released um which is really weird oh because she's mean uh, over the course of 2019, Ye has been touring around with the Sunday service choir, talking about his devout Christian faith and his ambition to never make hip hop again because it's the devil's music. Also, he told people he was uh, also he told people working on the album not to have premarital sex. <laughs> he watched them. 
to make sure that they were not. They had to sleep in Kanye's home so he could observe. This is like the second coming of um, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. They had to be invited to Kanye's house to not have premarital sex. Um, I don't know. These Sunday services have been actually kind of cool. There was one that actually came to our area. Uh, not for that good reason, but definitely it was cool that it was there. Um, and then this album was actually, Jesus is King was accompanied by um, a film of the same name directed by Nick Knight. And it was shot in IMAX and filmed in the summer of 2019 at the Roden Crater in Painted Desert, Arizona, uh, which you can see in some of the beautiful landscape shots. Yeah, it's it's a lot of very static shots that get like the circle filter put on them yeah. or not like a filter it's more it's like of a, um it's, like a it's just they're, they're getting cropped in essentially um and the film overall it's not like we watched it it wasn't that interesting there's really good moments to it but mm-hmm. like some of the shots they like every new song that they do they perform a song for like two to three minutes and it's just that one shot and sometimes they have this uh fish islands like effect um like when you see the entire Kanye uh, choir with kanye um but for like a, like a good third to half of the film, they're performing just old gospel music. Yeah, just some classic gospel standards. And it's not really that interesting. And they're really long, too. Yeah. Um, keep in mind, uh, this is a 38-minute film, and we paid $11 for it. <laughs> that's more like an IMAX thing. I don't think that's really a Kanye thing in this one no. scenario. I'll give him a pass on that one. But the shots are very static. Some of them are really interesting. The setting, the, the, the set design is really cool. Um, how they're almost in this like subterranean layer that has a giminant hole in the It almost reminded me of a planetarium. Yeah, but except for a planetarium, it would just be a giant hole cut in your ceiling. Uh, they performed some Kanye songs. They performed the gospel version of "Say You Will," which I think was really nice. They also mm-hmm. performed uh, like Kanye the, himself just did a, a rewritten version of "Streetlights." Yeah, too. at the end, which was nice, but they just did the hook five times, and it wasn't as interesting when you got around to the fourth or fifth time doing the hook over again. Um, they also did the very, very end of "Ultralight Beam," which is weird because that's yeah. one of most Kanye's most devout christian gospel songs and uh what's the other one? Oh, they performed some tracks off this jesus the king record there's a extended version of jesus the lord which is the closer of the album uh which is better than this one we're gonna yeah. do that in a second and they also uh like they opened up with sailor just the vocals of sailor the hook the gospel hook but like the film i don't it was interesting as like a as an inquiry just like to expect what it was yeah. Like an oddity. I liked going just to see, just out of pure curiosity. I, I think I had fun for my $11 getting blasted in the face by IMAS speakers, watching the trailer to that new Christopher Nolan film and us shitting our pants because <laughs> it was so goddamn so <laughs> <laughs> Um But this new album follows Kanye's uh, last year's format of like a 20-minute album, like, around 20 it's 20 it's not minutes. even 30 minutes yeah. it's just shy of a half hour which i like because i think it when you get to this point uh if you mess up it's very noticeable mm-hmm. and that's what i enjoy most about it uh, i don't think it works for everyone but i think it works a lot for hip-hop records mm-hmm. and some people don't really like it they like the fuller length and they say this is more like ep territory but i really enjoy this uh format because it doesn't it when it leaves an impact, like Kitsy Ghost, it leaves a huge impact. And um, and if you don't like it, it's not that much of an investment. It's not that long. This isn't a hassle to get through. Right. Um, 
But, big but, send over this for a while. I don't care for it. And that's the biggest issue. I, I think we had a discussion uh, in the car after seeing Jesus is King. And I was talking about some ideas I had of how Kanye could potentially use his, his faith for power in this one scenario. And you told me something that's actually been on my mind a lot is that you don't think Kanye can be anything but genuine. And that's made me think a lot of just about the character of Kanye. Because, like, he's done some sketchy things in his past, like whether it's the Taylor Swift uh, interrupting her at the VMAs or his devout faith in Donald Trump. He's, I don't think he has really an evil bone in his body. I just think he's an idiot. He's a musical genius, but just the other realms, he's just stupid. <laughs> yeah, I would <laughs> and, agree. Um, I, I think when he tries to do something, he, like, actually believes in it. Um, but he's shown me a lot more themes of faith and of recovery and of hope in previous projects. We go back to even last year with his solo, Yay, which I think is criminally underrated oh, yes. in some scenarios. People say they just hate that record or they say only Ghost Town's the only good track off it. No, I think Kanye throughout, yes, he's making dumb liners about none of us would be here without cum and I'm going to call up the Muslims, <laughs> but it's just like... <laughs> It's he's always done this. Like if yeah. you listen to late, uh, not really. Uh, My beautiful dark twisted fantasy, the most praised Kanye album of all time. Sometimes he's just nonsensical on there. It's just completely stupid. Yeah, <laughs> um, he's still making lines like that back on his. His magnum opus, basically. Yeah, like, in Life Pablo, my favorite, our favorite, he's talking about, uh, if I bleach my asshole. No, <laughs> no not no, his, his asshole. <laughs> someone else's asshole. If, if she bleached her asshole, uh, I can't remember for the life of me now. If she bleached her asshole, I get bleach in my t-shirt, I'm gonna feel like an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> um, and for this, I... I think the biggest problem is not the production because I think this production, the biggest thing you can say against it is that it's kind of going through the vault of the various years of Kanye, um, both production and uh, I think mixing and uh, effects, especially the autotune on a couple of these tracks. Um, you get 808 like autotune and uh, 808 like performance from mm -hmm. Kanye at points. You get uh, the track Follow God, very My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy with the sampling and also the guitar and the bass and how they lay out on the same track mm. creating this very vibrant uh, bumpy experience um, you have moments like use this gospel which has this very reminiscent feeling of yay you get uh, on god which is very reminiscent of the bling era of hip hop also watch the throne in the background since the background synth melodies sound mm -hmm. like graduation so if you're getting these various experiences these various layers of kanye being like pulled back and the production i don't really have a big enough problem with um i think the biggest problem and not even the choir i think the choir on this is fantastic yeah, really good yeah every hour with these very uh, sporadic piano performances the sporadic choir how they're interrupting so big so huge um it the does, hallelujah build up on Sela. yeah um i think the biggest problem with this is just kanye's just not that interesting and he's he's just saying some stuff that i feel like it's just it's just not cool on this and it's not like it's just like i, I think he's backtracking in a weird way because, like, even before when he's opened about his, like, bipolar disorder, I feel like, and, like, that even, like, explained, like, his devout faith for Donald Trump and, like, why he, he's 
doing this things for years, for like a decade now, being so sporadic and mm-hmm. weird. I think it explained that a lot. Um, even like the whole entire album, how it's laid out, explained that a lot. On this, I think Kanye, he made a gospel album and he tries, but it's just, it. Uh, there's no big themes that connect Kanye to his faith. And Kanye's faith has always been a thing where he uses it to his advantage, which I think everyone should use. They should use religion to their own advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, not in a way that harms people, but in a way that get, helps them get what you get out of your faith. Yeah. Um, and that's always been a thing with Kanye and his relationship with God, or it seemed like his relationship with God. And on this, it just seems like we don't get a lot of that. We just get blind faith. And when he's not talking about blind faith, he's talking about just like, trying to romanticize the fact that he's struggling in a weird way. Like he talks about, I think on the track on God, how he sets his prices the way he does to support his family. Yeah. No, you don't say your price. He's not hurting. He's not hurting. Like you, you, you may have been bankrupt two years ago or three years ago at this point, but that wasn't because you're struggling. Like the cost of living isn't high enough for you. It's because you're a capitalist and you like selling $50 white t-shirts. Sure. It's it's like I'll look no further than the merch page currently <laughs> is out on the website. Uh, you have moments like Chick Fil A with closed on or not Chick Fil A closed on Sunday where he brings up Chick Fil A. Some of his most corniest bars to date. Cool. Some of his most corniest bars to date that I think you can make a case for. Yeah, he's done this on other projects, but on this, I just think I can't find a reason why it's there, and it's not really funny. Being on the hook makes it even worse, I think, because you hear it over and over. Yeah, and also this thing really doesn't build up. It has this very dramatic guitar to start off with, but it doesn't build anywhere. It doesn't go anywhere. And also, like, the verse the verse has this feel, when you get into it past the hook, mm-hmm. has this feel of, like, like it, it's actually his relationship with God. It, it feels kind of organic and natural and genuine. It's one of the rare few moments where I feel like Kanye is very genuine and speaking freely on this. Um, it, but, like, it's just cut off at the end. They don't go into another chorus. It's just it's, songs over. Uh, we get some moments where Kanye is very watered down, like on the track water, water, where we get just this very bland, unenthusiastic verse where he's God's this or Jesus this, Jesus that, Jesus this. Doesn't you get some splashing sound effects. <laughs> um, Aunt Clemens has a good performance across this entire record. I think he does some really good work. I think the pairing makes sense, but even on the Yandi cuts too. Yeah, Aunt Clemens has been surprising. except for eighty degrees. That was the only one I disagree with because. Kanye version is better. As far as I'm concerned, that version does not exist. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The most, my favorite, hands down favorite track on this is probably God Is, because it it feels uh, frail, it feels uh, overwhelmed, it feels passionate, and it's talking about his relationship with God and what God means to him and what his world and what his family means to him, and it seems natural and it seems, he seems human. And I think part of the problem with this album is Kanye just doesn't really... She feels like an alien trying to sell me gospel music. <laughs> My favorite track, personally, is Use This Gospel with Clips and Kenny G. There's a really weird pairing. I love um, I love the way it starts out. It sounds like you left your keys in your car <laughs> and he got out. <laughs> and you've got these, like, fake bony bear type production yeah. in the background. And Kanye's... Kanye's hook on this, I think, is sung really well, 
But the clips feature, I think, is probably the most interesting of all uh, because it almost gives like a angel devil on the shoulder kind of thing yeah, going I, on. I, I think, think you pushes, can kind of, uh, yeah. I think you can kind of, I, I like No Malice's verse. I think because yeah. No Malice is now a Christian rapper. I don't know if you're well aware of that. That's, yeah, it that's makes what, sense. He's, he's the angel. Um, Obviously, Pusha T and No Balance brothers, uh, obviously both cocaine dealers. Well, Pusha's obviously a cocaine dealer, <laughs> was a cocaine dealer or whatever. No Malice also was. And the way that the, both characters have evolved over the course of their lives, obviously No Malice feels bad about he doing it. He feels guilty, and that's and why he kind of quit hip-hop. does not whatsoever. <laughs> this is, I really like that dichotomy between the two. It just feels like they're like both on your shoulder, and the verses one after another, like, I... I just really like the feel of that track being like the, the push and the pull between the two brothers, but also like the chemistry between them because they're obviously in a group together. And then Kenny G playing us out, I think is one of the weirdest features of the year, but also he doesn't play us out because the instrumental comes back. This is true. Yeah. But like his, his solo that he does, I think is, um, it's really excellent. Yeah. I, I like it. I like how it comes back in very fade. Uh, like there's a fade and it comes back mm-hmm. in a little bit. Um, I have to disagree a little bit. I get where you come from on the clips verse. I like this track. Um, two things I want to bring up. First, I don't agree with the push thing. Um, because it his verse doesn't come off as like devilish. No, it I just off I'm as, going by I think it's more on the personality. Alone. That makes yeah. sense, but it it like he, his verse he hasn't made like atonement still. or like uh, try to even act like he's he's guilty about what he's done before because he keeps on bringing it up and you're mm-hmm. constantly in, like like 85 percent of the tracks this track and the uh, idk track porno is probably the only the two only tracks times he does not bring it up um but no malice i really enjoy another problem i have with this track there's a version called uh chakras law of attraction on yandi which takes this instrumental and what i liked about that version is it, it kind of reminiscent of the uh, call to fame and uh, essentially getting whatever you asked for wishing and the problems of that kind of like a monkey paw mm-hmm. <laughs> which i think is really interesting on that version on this like the lyrics don't really fit that well the performance is still the same and i think it's more grandiose this time but it just i think i related more to the original version and i guess you can't really knock it because what you get is what you get right but also i don't think the lyricism on this just feels like filling jesus words yeah kind of <laughs> just like a jesus mad lib type deal and you can go on to like other tracks like the uh, throughout the album and it kind of feels like that in moments like on water i think too um everything we need uh is was on uh it was like a, a gospel or not a gospel it was a sunday service song that was performed and yeah. it got le- it got like meshed with other with other leaks for yande there wasn't like an actual studio version of it um but it was on yandi um i missed the choir the choir and it's the actual version of the choir is in the film and it's way I love Ty Dollar Science and Aunt Clements. I think they work with Kanye great. And Aunt Clements uh, like his ad lib performance with the hoo 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 Yeah. It's it's fantastic, but the choir does it so much better. Like the choir does that part too. And I think it fits Kanye a lot more. Yeah. Um I think that could have been such a cool, powerful track. Even if it would have even if it would have gone on for a longer, like this is a shorter track, but the the choir cuts like four or five minutes and i didn't mind it at all i loved listening to that yeah jesus also one final thing i want to get to jesus is lord 
uh, has I, I don't know if I brought this up earlier. Jesus Lord has a full version in the, in film, the film where the horns. That's the ending of it. That it's the credit song. Yeah, it expands out with the horns, and it's magnificent. This version is only forty nine seconds, and it doesn't feel it finished. It cuts off out of nowhere. It doesn't, and it that's the last impression you're left with is it's just like is that it, and it makes this album feel really short. Yeah, um, too short almost. Uh. One final thing I want to touch upon. I think that's probably a thing. Kanye comparing himself to Jesus on Sela. He, 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 it's not like, that's not the only thing he talks about on that. So it's like, I think Sailor's one of the better tracks, but especially with the, like the hallelujah on the hook by the choir, I think yeah. it's magnificent. Um, but he's nowhere, nowhere near the status of Jesus. Jesus, was stabbed in the back. Kanye was not. <laughs> he had his laptop stolen, okay? <laughs> That's bad. But, like, Kanye's always been, like, in media scrutiny. And uh, the faster he realizes that, that he's always going to say problematic stuff and people are not going to take it the same way and people have different opinions on the way the world's going to be, I think the better... It will be for him to not seem as a victim sometimes, and I think it would get people to respect him even more. Yeah. And this, it comes off as a victim. Also, on uh, hands on, talking about the Christians and how how they're not gonna, they don't care about this record. And I, I it, the, no surprise because one, Christians don't listen to hip hop unless it's <laughs> NF and very pretentious and not even hip hop at that point, just like watered down pop music. And also, it's like if you're gonna complain about it, what's the what's the point of making a gospel album? I think gospel albums more supposed to be spread praise and spread faith, right? Spread the doctrine in a, in a nice way and spread ideas of humanity and hopefulness. But if you're just gonna complain about Christians, I don't understand the point, right? Because <laughs> I I again I'm an atheist. I don't believe in organized religion. It just doesn't work for me. But like. It just seems kind of petty, even though it like Kanye is right, but it just seems petty from his perspective. Yeah, um, I thought about this a little bit, or I feel like he kind of paints himself into this like weird corner because, like, I don't even think like not to say that Christians don't listen to hip hop. I think is a severe understatement because, like, I, I'm just saying about like a very a very mind. devout Christian yeah. is going to generalize hip hop into yeah. just being about sex, drugs, and violence, which is not true. Um, but I, I don't know. To, to say, like, for Kanye to say, like, the Christians don't care about this album, blah, 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 like, that that could have been a theme that was touched upon in here. But, like, honestly, I think what we're left with, with for Jesus is King, is kind of my final thought, what we're kind of left with with this record is just this fleeting moment for Kanye, like, of just his manic personality mm -hmm. where I think that yay was maybe his low. I think this is his high and I don't know how long he's going to ride this. I don't know how long it's going to last. It could be years. It could be months. It could be over tomorrow. But, um, for now, I think this is what we're going to get. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, don't know how much of the stuff he actually buys into wholeheartedly when it's all said and done. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's like my honest opinion. We're not getting another Kanye gospel album. Um, I just don't I don't think so because he's always changed and he's always evolved. We didn't get mm -hmm. eight oh eight and heartbreaks like four times in a row. This is true. So like why would we get this four times in a row? He constantly switches up what he's doing. 
Um, it, it maybe if he's like very successful in finding a Christian audience, yes. But I don't think so far he's been successful in that. He's been successful in getting Kanye fans to listen to gospel. The music. people that like Kanye and hip hop don't want to listen to it because he's boring. And the people that like gospel music and Christian music aren't going to like it because it's Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And that kind of brings up the summary of what this album is. I think Kanye is just probably the worst part about this in a weird way. Because usually it's the best part about his own records. His personality is the best. And this one, he's just very flat. Keep my own scores if you tell me this right now. I'm filling up five minus on this. I give it a five. Yeah. There's tracks I definitely like and want to continue to go back to. Every Hour, Selah, Follow God, um, God Is, Useless Gospel, Jesus Is Lord. There's like There's good tracks for sure. But a lot of them have a lot of flaws that um, don't make them as enjoyable to listen to as they could be. Yeah. Also, um, uh, Close on Sunday was supposed to have a Young Thug Devil verse, and that got cut. Probably because Young Thug couldn't ha- ha- oh, yeah. stop nutting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he just kept on nutting. Kind of had to cancel him off the album. <laughs> young Thug's canceled. <laughs> All right. You ready to have Feet of Clay? <laughs> Ah! <laughs> Help. <laughs> Time to get on the latest Earl Sweatshirt EP mixtape album thingy, maybe. Uh, Feet of Clay. Tweet of Clay. Tweet of Clay. That's how he told me that it was out. <laughs> Tweeted me. Uh, Earl Sweatshirt is an LA rapper slash producer and a former member of Odd Future. Rest in peace, guys. Uh, and Zoomies, they're not a thing anymore. Yeah, Zoomies keeps Odd on Future selling is Odd not Future. a thing anymore. Uh, Earl Sweatshirt's been making, I mean, he's been making some really great music for a long time his debut record doris came out in 2013 and it was grand but very adolescent and confused yeah what great tracks in there like chum and night yeah some of my favorites to name a couple um and then in 2015 released i don't like shit i don't go outside which is really dark and gritty and hostile and angsty yeah. and there was not an album cover it was just black with white <laughs> words on it and then uh, finally came back in 2018 from a from a bit of a hiatus with some rap songs, uh, where he got really close to the camera and shook his head. <laughs> and, uh, this is a very abstract update into his um, writing process yeah. and recording process. He's really going into a new direction and really embracing this kind of like abstract and underground niche of hip hop that I think he's been painted into for a long time and maybe tried to come out of with Doris and I don't like shit, but some rap song, I feel like he really embraces. It. Yeah. Uh, he's done some recent features. Um, as of lately, he was on Mitram from the latest Makami record, uh, Wapkan Joga. And then on the latest Z loopers record, he was featured on Easter Sunday and you could barely hear him. The both tracks. He could barely hear him. That's well, his I, thing. I noticed now. that a he lot. Ba- he buried on this. Like, he buries himself in the mix. That's his deal. Now. Um, it's a good thing. It's a bad thing. It sounds like he's, in quicksand um so like i think the features kind of established aesthetic that he's working more in like an independent standpoint mm-hmm. trying to be more in that space than more like a pop rap space not only his features but his departure from columbia records yeah also um he he's now an exclusive license to warner brothers but he's on his own label um tan something i can't yeah. remember what the other word is and uh, he described this in a tweet as a uh, feet of clay is a collection of observations and feelings recorded during the death throes of a crumbling empire. He says that I think he's what playing civilization is losing. <laughs> he made a record. About it. He's getting killed by Gandhi. <laughs> <laughs> um, but 
what I really see this as is Earl Setcher kind of fully departing from something more in a, a popular mainstream territory, fully into abstract and underground hip hop. He's let himself go. Yeah, it's uh, you kind say let like, the tie. I yeah, um, which I think is a good thing because one, it makes him more uh, different because like other there's other members of Odd Future like we, we haven't heard of Domo Genesis since because he tried to establish himself. Or like Casey Veggies. Yeah, like they still try to establish themselves in the same space as like Tyler or like a like a Frank. Same thing with Haji. I think Haji moved a little bit more farther away than the rest of them, but he still got put in the same corner. Um, Earl's like finding his new niche. And I think that's the same thing for what Tyler and Frank did too. Frank went. And are still doing. Look yeah. at their latest projects that they've released with Frank's skeptic collaboration <laughs> and open a nightclub. Like even his latest track, DHL, our latest at the time of this recording. I think uh, no. another one that I yeah, haven't in, listened in even to eye. yet. It like just came out. And then Tyler's Igor and Flower Boy. Look at them as opposed to the things that they were making before. Yeah. Like, they are constantly trying to find their new niche. Yeah, and I think it's it's very smart of Earl to go into a new space. And I think having the style production, being way more experimental, uh, also having a Makami feature, I think is nice. fantastic because that's kind of a... That's how of, you know you're underground. It's like it's like a check mark of sorts. Yeah, it's, you could, it's, like, it's a seal of a, approval. There's like I a think. couple artists I think that would like fit this spot. Like uh, Quelle would be a good one. That would be like probably mm-hmm. like a notify of like he's moving towards more like like I, I wanted to, I wanted to say hip status, but more like experimental domain. Um, so what do we get off of this? We have fifteen or seven songs, fifteen minutes. It's short. I don't think the ideas, all these ideas, are fully fledged. But I can say the same thing for some rock Not songs. Not at all. I can say same things for some rap songs because you had tracks like Azucard and they were only like a minute, some change. So like, it's more about how the tracks are structured them together than by themselves. Yeah. Because you got tracks like seventy four and East, and East has this weird uh, accordion sample. It reminds me of. Uh, bit of accordion off mad villain um but it's just very frantic and strange and out of there and Mm -hmm. just going completely into the odd in this territory and he feels like over encumbered by everything and you could say that for a lot of this record he's just completely over encumbered um we get el toro combo meal where earl's voices like vocals are scratchy and they cut out and they're just displaced and it's weird you have this mavi feature which very establishes this very like dominant persistent voice at the beginning and then you just get completely into like nonsensical territory yeah. with how the voices how the voice is laid out and put in the track um uh you have the end with 4n featuring makami which has this weird backwards instrumental which is really cool. Like the track is almost in reverse, or elements of the track are mm-hmm. played in reverse, especially the drums. Uh, Makami has this very long opening hook segment, uh, very reminiscent of uh, the second track off of Wapkun. I can't remember what it was uh, for the life of me, but the part where he's going, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Very reminiscent of that. Like it's very uh, mumbled mm-hmm. vocals. I really enjoy it, but it goes on for like two minutes. <laughs> His verse is fine. I think his verse is very excellent. I think this is actually like a That's big, a lot of fun. It's really wacky, I think. But. I think this is like a huge stage for him. And I, I like that he's getting the spotlight because off his last like EP, he really showed that he deserved it. In reality, uh, 
Makami doesn't do anything to market himself. Yeah. Like anything at all. Even if you want to buy his music, he's like, all right, well, it's going to be $200. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Earl comes through with a fiery verse, the end. Uh, Over the course of this entire EP, we get like ideas of kind of um, things that were very similar in some rap songs. More just like small in looks, you get ideas of uh, a recent breakup he's had. You have ideas reminiscing on his dad's death. Uh, similar things, and also this idea of kind of progressing forward into a new direction. Um, on El Toro Combo, me at least said he had to. I had to figure out my own thing. Now we're precise dropping, precipice, precipice dropping. Um, so it's like this idea of just kind of moving forward in the new direction. I don't think he really gets into too much detail. He really didn't get into too much detail in some rap songs at points, um, but. I I think it's more of just this is the overall aesthetic and direction and momentum that we're moving with. And uh, I just hope he follows through uh, soon with more work like this at a a more fuller length. That's about it. I liked it for what it was worth. I like hearing stuff from Earl. I like um, I think his lyricism was interesting enough to hold my attention to where I'd want to listen to demos from him. And I think in reality, these really aren't like fleshed out tracks. None of them have a hook. They all like none of them even have instrumental play ins. Like, yeah, he doesn't even let the beat go for more than like a second before he's just jumping in on the track. And I think that's why we result in some uh, sub two minute tracks. Yeah, but that's that's fine for what this is. I wasn't expecting something full length. It was completely dropped by surprise, like really caught me by surprise. But uh, I, I enjoyed it for what it was worth, honestly. Yeah. Um, keep in mind, those scores are a few telomeres. Right now, I'm feeling a, a seven. I like it. I think that's a pretty fair score. Yeah. It's hard to rate something like this, but I think, yeah, it's I like more, it. It's more of where he's going rather than where he is now. Good choice. Yeah. I'm going to give it a good choice out of ten. <laughs> okay. Are you ready to pang? <laughs> are you ready to take this bitch to Topanga? <laughs> That's a good one. We're we talking about the latest Caroline Polachek record. Bang. Uh, Caroline Polachek is a New York singer, songwriter, and record producer. She's formerly the vocalist of the band Chairlift, and she's released albums under her name under the names Ramona Lisa and CEP. Uh, she's worked with the likes of Beyonce, Charlie XCS, Travis Scott, Blood Orange, and Solange. Either as a feature or production writing credit. Uh, Ping is her first studio album released under her own name, and it's released with Sony Music. It was teased with the lead singer, Door, which I heard a lot. They played it a lot on Sirius. I, I like when I drive my grandma's car, which is a very weird thing to say, because there's a period when my dad was out of commission for like two weeks, so I had to like drive, I had to like go to the hospital and visit him when I usually drive. And I, I like listening to Sirius Indie Station for some reason, because I, I like the nostalgic factor of having radio. It's nothing I would pay for, but I like no. that it's there. And they would play this door single, and the repetition on the hook, the first time I heard it, I thought it was the dumbest thing in the world. But it, as time goes on, as the track just kept on being played, it would play like every day, I would like drive my grandma's car. I got like more and more attached to it, and it like grew on me a lot. And uh, same thing happened to her, uh, another singer of hers, So Hot You're Hurting My Feelings. At first, I really didn't see the appeal, but as time grew on, I, I enjoyed, like, the overwhelming and the very, uh, the very, uh, just genuine atmosphere coming off of her, the very overwhelmed nature. I thought it was really fun. And uh, this album features production from Polachek herself, along with PC Music's Daniel L. Harl and uh, A.G. Cook, 
uh, shows up a couple times on production on here, and he just did fantastic work with Charlie XCX on mm-hmm. her Charlie album. Uh, Ping, uh, by definition, is a sudden sharp feeling of distress or longing, and uh, essentially that's just kind of the like theme. Hunger pains. <laughs> hunger pain. Uh, yeah, and that's just kind of the general theme of this album is just Caroline's just longing for these relationships or uh, better images of herself, and she just can't really find it, or she's keeping on, she keeps on searching for it. Yeah. Uh, you get moments like a ping where again it's again just like a textbook definition of it where she has this very intense feeling to this another person uh you got tracks like hit me where it hurts where her relationship with it this, this other person is very getting very intense to the point where like it's very not traumatic for her but very it, it isn't helping anyone at this point. Yeah. And she says she wants it essentially just come to its close. And uh, that leads to I Give Up, which I think these two tracks transition really well into each other. Uh, you have Caroline Shut Up, which I think is actually very relatable because everyone has this idea where you like think of these stupid things and you just want yourself to like shut up in your own internal head. Yeah. Um. So how you're hurting my feelings, this idea of just this idea of attraction and that the fact that you can't really be with this person, it really hurts you that they're out there existing and uh door like this opening crevice of hoping that someone will, someone opens the door and you can, that's, I was just literally going to say opens the door and hope you can walk through it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's all the meaning behind the track, but more of this yearning for, to be able to be with the same person. And there's like almost like the separation between and when it finally opens this door, it's this like huge um, chain of effects that happens, this huge chain reaction. So it opens the door, opens the door, opens mm. the door, opens the door, and the huge repetition on the hook. Uh, same thing with Ocean of Tears, this like divide between two people, um, her own pain and her own uh suffering in the relationship is causing the divide between the two she wants to be intimate with this person but there's a separation um and also parachutes a weird moment um going over the fact that in life you kind of have to just kind of believe things are going to work out and also it's literally about a dream where she had <laughs> she was like falling right. into la and she just kind of had to rely on her parachute to like get her to the ground safely which i think is cool uh, the instrumentation over this, I think it really does a really cool thing where it, uh, on a couple of these tracks, I think New Normal and also Go As A Dream, where it, it does this thing where it's like, it will just do the drums and it's like really empty. But then the bass comes in and it makes a very like warm and texture film and it encompasses their space. Also, Caroline's voice is very intimate across this entire thing mm-hmm. and it, it feels very close in comparison to the rest of the production, which is really nice. That it like it adds this certain dynamic of space. There's like a, a like a a realm type ordeal to this album. In way the, the production is like filling these different crevices of dimensions around you. Yeah, which I think is really nice. There's a, lot, a great tension to space across this entire thing. Uh, Insomina, Insomina. I can't. Well, why am I not saying Insomina? I want to say Insomina. I, I don't know why I'm saying it. Insomnia. Yeah, I don't know why I was saying it. Like, I know what it's... I just can't say it for some reason. Uh, apparently, I'm having a mini-stroke. Um, insomnia. That was it. Okay, I don't know why I said that. Let's just say it is. Uh, it's just this, like, great 
void of Caroline almost coming to the void talking actually about Samia and how she just can't sleep and how she's almost at like daylight and she's suffering. Uh, I think the biggest problem is it seems just like an interlude to go into door, mm-hmm. even though the tracks are two completely spots. Like the biggest problem I had it is it seemed like something that should build up to door because her pitch is very similar. The instrumentation, of the background is not similar, but it's in like around the same key and yeah. it fills around the same atmosphere so I like I don't think the track has enough new ideas to fill like three minutes. I think it would have been cooler as an interlude door. That's like a very like my uh, minute small nitpick detail, but I think it would have been better as that because I think it fits kind of similar some of the similar themes of door, uh, at least in production. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I liked about I like this a lot. What do you think? I've been talking too much. No, yeah, I think you covered pretty much everything. I really like the themes that she covers on here. Um, Caroline Shut Up, I think, is like probably my favorite track. I really like uh, that theme of like everybody feels that way. It's not just her that feels like oh, I like I keep thinking like stupid things. Like I'd probably need to just stop thinking. I need to just shut up. Everybody thinks that. I think it's just like an infinitely relatable track. I really enjoy that. And then um, the concept behind Parachute, I, I thought was really cool because it links this like very um, concrete thing, like an a actual parachute to like a concept of like relying on uh, fate, I guess, that like everything's going to be okay, like just relying on, on the good nature of people that everything's going to be okay. Um, I really, I really like that concept. I think that's probably the strongest part of the album the song like the i like her voice i like the sound of the record but like in all honesty i think that like the themes covered here are the the crowning jewel i think what made me think about this little record or like one thing i thought about a lot around the i'm having another stroke one thing i thought about a lot one thing about this record is comparing it to other like major pop releases this year so i compared it to charlie xcx and carly ray it's easy to do that yeah carly ray jumpson very sweethearted and her personality shines through a lot, but her last record dedicated suffer from her just kind of repeating herself and her own narrative, not really going into new territory on yeah. who she is. But it was really nice, like sweet tooth production, and it was sweet. Charlie SCS was very uh, forward thinking, experimental at times, covered a lot of different uh, displays of uh, just texture throughout the entire thing, and a lot of different features. And it felt like a, just a mishmash of like a ton of ideas. And I think a lot of people would appreciate it because it just covers so many territories. But I feel like I didn't learn a lot about Charlie through the entire thing. I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. But I feel like at the end of the day, I really don't know who Charlie is. You sp- yeah, I feel like they divided the music from their personality. Yeah. This feels very intertwined. This is very like intimate to a point I feel like I know a bit about Caroline. And it works really well for mm-hmm. that. It's more attached to the personality and not really the production or the performance. Yeah. Which I think works really well. Um, keep in mind, I'll score a few talent me list right now. I'm feeling uh, an eight. I really like this. I'll give it a seven plus. And good. are you ready to get dusty? <laughs> I'm going to sneeze. Yeah. Time to go <laughs> to the latest Homeboy Sandman album, Dusty. Dusky. Uh, Homeboy Sandman is a Queens rapper. He mentions this multiple times <laughs> over the course of his 
his uh, record here. And since about 2007, he's been an active force in Indian underground hip-hop. You see this name crop up quite a bit. He's worked on the likes of Quelle Chris, Paul White, J-Live, Blue, LaRange, Jeremiah J, Blockhead, Mega Ran, Billy Woods, ASAP Rock. Um, really, this guy's been around the block. John Wayne worked yeah. with him. Um, the Lice Trilogy of EPs uh, that he did with ASAP Rock was a, a big... I was a big boy in yeah. his discography. And back in May, he announced that uh, he signed a deal with Mellow Music Group and uh, dropped his uh, track West Coast, which was produced again by ASAP Rock. They have a, they have a really good chemistry. And uh, this project, uh, Dusty, is produced entirely by Mono and Stereo and features Yorl Droog and Quelle Chris, two more titans of the underground. Yeah, and going over this, uh, I've never been truly impressed by Homemade Sandbane track. I like him, um, but he's never like really done a lot for me. Mm-hmm. I like the Lice trilogy of EPs, but like, I think that that's more of because I really like ASAP Rock. Um, over the course of this thing, of this album in itself, I think I get a lot more of the personality of Homeboy Sandman, and yeah. he seems like more his own image, his own person, even though I think a little bit of this, he's kind of like similar to Quelly Chris in uh, like a little bit of aspects. Even on the track as Quelly Chris, he feels a lot like Quelly Chris. Yeah. Um, they feel like a bit of the same domain, which I you can say is a negative. You can also say it's positive because Quelly is really interesting and a talented performer. Um, but going over the course of this thing, I think it's very impressive. I think the production by Mono and Stereo is very top-notch on here. Uh, it does linger. It doesn't progress as much as I want it to, and it doesn't cover as many spaces as I think it should. It's all very dusty, and that's what's the reason why this is called dusty is because that's the way Homeboy Sandman thought it was. He thought the production of the the entire sound of this entire record was dusty. It is. It's consistently lo-fi, which I like that. It, it's stuck to a theme really well. Yeah, and also you get these various uh, wretched. Uh, bumps and scratches mm-hmm. through and as this like level of texture which is really really nice kind of authenticity yeah that's a good way um and homeboy is interesting he's sporadic um and he sometimes is very just weird and unorthodox like on the track pussy where he's t- yeah. <laughs> he just brings up he's rhyming everything with pussy he's talking about pussy should always be consensual Pussy, uh, I wouldn't get paid. I wouldn't pay for pussy, but if I got paid in pussy, I would. <laughs> uh, I think he's just very uh, or not, or orthodox and fun. And I think picture on the wall where he's talking about his relationship with someone uh, comes off as very genuine and sweethearted and, and natural and fun and talking about how they may not always agree with each other, but in the end, they're perfect for each other in this weird way. Yeah. Um, yeah, Lookout, which I think is... Lookout, I have to mention... Euro Droog, he's put out two projects this year, and this verse alone may be his best. <laughs> oh, what is the line? I think it's, uh, I'm well paid, one, oh, I'm well paid, one verse, or one feature takes me out of qualification for Medicaid, <laughs> or something along the lines of that. Uh, he's talk- he says he's a Grammy award winning <laughs> artist, which he's not. No, not at all. <laughs> not even close. Uh, he but, wasn't even close to the Grammys. Uh, this this works like this feature. I think Qualia's verse is kind of a bit monotone, but it's very, uh, very, uh, very uh, forced. 
which I really like. It's kind it's of very like, Quelle still. Yeah, it's still Quelle. It's still like top notch. Um, but it, it's not his best verse. I think no. it fits the style really well. Um, he fits the beats and the production. Like this seems pretty atoned to what both of these artists would be over. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the biggest problem I have with this is. Uh, I, I, I think there really isn't a lot of concepts or themes covered throughout. Literally, the moments I mentioned with Pussy and Picture on the Wall are probably the most important. There's a lot of braggadocio. It's not bad. I think his lyricism is good, but I just don't really get a lot out of this. No. I think there's, I mean, yeah, I don't think the themes are as strong, but I definitely think that there are other, like, his verses, are, I think, are, are fun. Uh, his hooks are a lot of fun, uh, like far out. I really like the hook on that. Noteworthy. The uh, just kept re- returning to that she was noteworthy. So I was noteworthy. Like I like that he chose that word to use over and over because it's yeah. like you could say something like, "Oh, that was cool," but he just kept saying like that was noteworthy over and over. Um, I like. I I don't know. I really like the consistency on this. Yeah, that's consistent. This is the most consistent that I've seen. Um, Sandman. Uh, it's consistent, but like uh, again, comparing an artist to another artist, comparing him to Droog and Corelli, I think Droog more recently has figured out his stick. Like, yeah. just the, been the best version of himself by far. Yeah. With it wasn't even close. Like, he found out that he should be over more grimier and filthier production. And also, I think his his punchlines across that entire record are just completely top notch as as they are in this one verse here. And he's he's ter- terrifically funny, not only on. Uh, <laughs> His albums, but on Twitter, where I have to bring this up, he keeps on tweeting and deleting, and now people are calling him out on it. <laughs> and someone called. You him always out. send me tweets by him, and then as soon as as soon as you send them, I look at them and they're deleted already. And it's a funny thing. Someone says uh, the best the best Drew tweets are tweeted and deleted, and I was going to send you that, and that the person deleted it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and comparing them to. So he's like, Drew is uh, more funnier, more absurd, but he also goes to different like spaces. Let's say it wasn't even close. Different trajectories and uh, settings, yeah. which is nice. And even different concepts like on transportation, where it's just all about transportation. Uh, Quelle is very more political and he's surreal, more, yeah. absurd, uh, and very harsh when it comes to talking about these very big subjects. He questions mm-hmm. the world around him a ton, and he's very thoughtful inspired um homemade sandman really isn't um and i doesn't it doesn't have to be but i just feel like there should be more more for spaces for me to go to whether it comes to production i really like this production but i think he could be i think he definitely could take that step and be more like them but um i think this is a really solid step so far it doesn't have to be more like them but it has to be I Not more like them, but like, go in the same direction that they both went in, where they stepped up their career. Yeah, it's like it, there's this is more it's similar with Earl. I think it's more where he's going to go because this is a multi. Yeah. I think it was a multi-year deal with Mellow Music, which is good because he's kind of filling a spot. I think since Mike Eagle left, uh, he, there's always been like a void of like yeah. another talented rapper, and I think he's a good spot. Um, so I think it's more where he's going to go. Same thing with Earl. Um, but I like this. I like the production. There's fantastic horns. There's thick bass lines across this entire thing. Yeah. And it's very just like, uh, just dusty. <laughs> That's all you need to know. It's just a dusty hip hop album. Keep in mind, all scores for you telling me this right now. I'm feeling out seven. I really like I this. I seven. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready to be 
Born Thought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Time to go over the latest Chris Farron album, Born, Born Hot. Thought. <laughs> oh, uh, Chris Farron is a Florida singer-songwriter, formerly of the indie rock band Fake Problems. And he's also one half of Antarctica Vespucci, uh, the band that was formed with Jeff Rosenstock, released their debut record last year. So I think that's their, like... They've put out a couple before that. Really? I that, was that was their, their debut first. to Polyvinyl. Or the, yeah, that's, yeah. yeah, that's right. Their debut Polyvinyl record, Love in the Time of Email, back uh, last year, with uh, great tracks like Freaking You Out, Breathless on DVD, Voicemail, and Kimmy. Uh, and Chris Farron has released uh, Can't Die back in 2016. Which is one of the weird instances of discovering artists I did when I was a, a music director um, at a radio station. And I... They usually when you get uh, like bands sent to you or like projects sent to you, they put like uh, also similar to and the first uh, artist they put similar to was Jeff Rosenstock, probably because of the attachment. But I, yeah. I think, yeah, they're they're from the same stick sh- from the same cloth, I think, because they're both very uh, overwhelmed. They're also very both self-deprecating and they have a weird humor into talking about uh aspects the harsh aspects of like growing up yeah and almost kind of being like adult child in a weird way and uh they're both very funny and they're also very both passionate and loud and uh also walk to their beat of their own drum and i think that thing worked on can't die but i think the thing that held can't buy back is i think it was just it didn't really interest me production wise Mm -hmm. it didn't really interest me uh, theme-wise. It didn't do a lot for me, but I knew there was something there to grow off of. I think this does a lot better, but I still think, comparative to the last project, Love in the Time, oh, the last dance project would be Spoochie Project, Love in the Time of Email, that had way more, uh, it had way more stakes to it. It seemed more important. There were way more different atmospheres. You had the weird moments like uh, voicemail at the beginning where they were very compressed and you had these very lush and loved synths in the background. Mm-hmm. This has a, a really cool atmosphere to it, this new record. Um, it's First of all, I didn't finish all the show notes. He signed a deal with Polyvinyl Records to release this next album. And it's mm-hmm. also, he recorded this entire record in his apartment. So it kind of has a bedroom-like pop quality yeah but it really isn't because this seems very like full-fledged and yeah he must have a recording studio in his apartment because this is this is well done yeah like the the keys can be really huge the synths can be really lush um it feels very like grandiose at very times and very cheery and hopelessly romantic at times and just uh nerdy chris farron's always been like a nerd this it's like these qualities you Match. can tell by yeah. the, even just the uh, title, or not the title tracks. The, well, yeah, the title, but uh, the track names, you can tell that he's nerdy. Yeah. Also, the uh, the title, Born Hot, like the title of this album is yeah. amazing. Uh, just it's hilarious. But like going over this entire thing, I just think it. the biggest problem I have with this is it doesn't feel important in the grander scheme of things like their last record, like the last Antarctic with Vespucci record did. And that's not because... Jeff's not here by any means, but it's just like, um, it's lingering in the same trajectory as that. And there isn't much momentum to progress it somewhere else. Yeah. So like we get themes of like, uh, depression and like almost being caught in like this new realm where you don't really know where you are, like almost like a new area being lost in like a world you really have no attachment to. You also get themes of like inability to attach to someone or not on ability, but like the harshness of attaching to someone else and the ability to not 
believe that they love you just because you don't love yourself. Mm. So, like, you get tracks like um, Surrender, or no, yeah, is it Surrender, where he says, um, where he says, I, I know you still love me, I don't know why. I think so, yeah. Um, there's really good tunes on this, though. Don't get me wrong. I uh, get love theme from Born Hot, very cheery, uh, overly cheery to cheesy, but still fun. That's why I like that track, because of that. Talking about how he wants to stay in love with this other person. Uh, Search for me, how he hopes his friends will come around. And if there's still a good or his friends will come around and still search for him and hope he wants to put hope in his friends to hopefully they'll pick him up even at the darkest of times. Uh, Domain lapse is weird. It's talking about kind of marching their own beat to the beat of your own drum and also like. If you're not doing something, if you're doing something you don't like, don't do it. Yeah. Um, talking about us at the beginning of the track, how he just wants to give up on quitting his job. And um, also, I was amazing. Same idea, kind of search for me. Uh, if he, He's kind of neglecting himself in a weird way, and he's questioning if he was amazing, would it be in a better place, or would he still be in this kind of pit of emotion that he is currently? Um Credits is interesting. It's an interesting concept because it goes over the idea of this person, uh, this two, this relationship. This person is trying to make it out to believe that this is only the beginning of the relationship, where in reality it's more the end. It's, it's the ending credits yeah. sequence, basically. Yeah. Um, I like this. I just, uh, it doesn't. Besides love theme for Born Hot, Search for Me, it, it doesn't, and Surrender, it doesn't do a lot for me. Um, the production's great. I think there's a lot of potential here there's just isn't a lot to this at the end of the day i think what i didn't like about it is that like um jeff rosenstock has his own personality yeah and the music that he makes is very much so him that when he got to do antarctica vespucci it not he brings a part of himself into it but he's not making jeff rosenstock music yeah chris farron feels like he's just making antarctica vespucci music i didn't i don't know i feel like he doesn't have much of like a personality outside of that that collaboration with Jeff Rosenstock. Or at least it doesn't feel It doesn't like feel... It. I know yeah. he does. There are glimpses of it, like Love Theme from Born Hot or Search For Me. Like, there are some, there are some really great tracks on here, but um, I don't know. I feel like his personality doesn't really shine through as much as I want it to. Also on Does the Good Outweigh the Bad, talking about I'll come to your funeral and kick your fucking ass. Also, he spends all day watching HD jerk-off instruction videos is uh, fantastic. <laughs> that That's one of the bits where I think he's coming through as funny, self-deprecating, mm. bringing a nice humor to it. Um, but for a lot of this, I just... I, there isn't a lot changed from the last record besides the production. Um, even then, it's kind of flat when you compare it to... It's still good on its own, but when mm-hmm. you add that comparison, it makes it... Not as good. Keep in mind, all fut- music is or all music, music, all music is music and futile. That's not what I say. Uh, keep in mind, all scores futile, meaningless. Right now, I'm saying six plus. I'll give it like a five. Yeah. Okay. And that's it for this week's episode of the Anthony and Todd Show. Woo! If you want to follow us on social media, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Anthony and Todd, YouTube.com forward slash the Anthony and Todd Show. If you want to find us on YouTube, uh, face, if you want to find us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash the Anthony and Todd Show. So you can give us a bunch of money so I can buy get a, a banana, banana boat. boat. And uh, if you want to find us on podcast services, Apple Music, uh, no, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, Spotify, search the Anthony and Todd Show. And uh, until next time, guys, I've been Vincent. I'm Trevor. And see ya, boys. Bye, everybody. <laughs>